And so one more time, ladies, we thank you so much. We love you. We honor you. And so I say all that to say we are going to piggyback what that video said uh, today, and we're going we're gonna to really dive into God's Word. So let's look at that first point today. If you got your paper outline, you can look there. We'll provide it for you on the screen. Join us online even. So look at this first point. Says. So we're going to look at six different types of mothers in the Bible and see what they represent. So who, who's the first mother? Any guesses? Right, we don't give it to you. Who? E- Eve. No, Eve. Eve, Eve, the very first mother. And so let's look at her and see what she represents. She represents the mother of all living people, right? She establishes value and worth. Y'all say that word with me. Worth. For every mother as a giver and carrier of life, the first woman came from a man, but since Eve, all mankind has come from woman. A mother's womb is the incubator of life, nourishing, caring, and cultivating new life. God ordains the mother's womb to be the safest place on the planet. The safest place, the incubator of life. It's an amazing gift that God gave woman. God made man first, made Adam. That's what Adam means. It means first. Guys, God made man and woman. He made woman from the rib of Adam. But guys, man and woman are still equal. Say that word with me. Equal in the sight of God. Women are, men are not for us to lord over or be better than. We're going to see in scripture, God actually made woman, made Eve as a helper to us because y'all, we need help. Say that with me. Help. You need help whether you want to believe it or not. Amen. And so the characteristics of a woman are different than the characteristics of man, but that doesn't make anyone better than the other. God wants to use it together for the good, right? And so as I think of, as I think of a mother and all that she goes through, like I said, you know, the diapers and the dirty clothes and the dishes and her job and if she's going to school, she's able to multitask and manage all of that and still have this capability and capacity to love outside of herself, day in and day out. Ladies, y'all are better at that than us men. You have the ability to continue to serve and sacrifice and love, right? Everyone needs a father, but hey, you can't replace mom. I believe the man is supposed to really do the, he's, he's, he's supposed to be the, the herder, so to speak. He's supposed to lead, but, but hear me, ladies, y'all the glue, <laughs> keeping the, all the chaos together. And we are so thankful for all that you do. Witnessing the miracle of life through childbirth is the most, like I shared, the most amazing thing that I've ever seen. It's the miracle of life is a gift from God. Amen. When I experienced the birth of my two boys, it, it, all it did was make me more thankful and point me to the revelation of how good God is. Those, those little lives instantaneously dependent on a mother's love, dependent on, on you as a parent, dependent on everything that you can give them, and being able to receive that seed of life to contain that seed of life for nine months, to grow that seed of life, and then to release that, that thing that once was a seed that is now a full-grown life into the world is it's a miracle. It's, it's the most precious thing that we have 
here on earth, and it's why it's probably one of the most under attack, basic fundamental truths and things that we have. I said that the mother's womb is supposed to be the safest place on the planet. That's where you're supposed to nourish life and care for life and carry life to its point of destination. At Brexmart, we have so many people snuffing that life out before it even has a chance to start. The glory of God, amen? amen. It's the glory of God. Supernatural life. Let's, let's open our Bibles. Look at Genesis 2.18, then we'll read Genesis 3.20. Look at verse 18, it says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. <laughs> he says, I will make a helper who is just right for him. I want to stop there for a second as I kind of already touched on this. Men, whether you want to believe it or not, you need help. And I'm so thankful for my wife because she helps me all the time, even when I'm driving. And I don't even feel like I necessarily need any help. Right? She's there to help me. Or when I'm cooking the eggs and bacon, she's I don't really necessarily feel like I need any help, but she's there to help me. Praise God. And guys, I say that tongue in cheek, but you know what? Really, we have a, we have a pride issue. And that's something that I, I, I jokingly share with you, but it's something that I need to work on. The Holy Spirit just challenged me. You know, when a woman's trying to help, she's not trying to criticize or critique or say you're doing right or doing wrong. She's trying to help because that's the character of who she is. God made Eve a helper. It's who she is. It's part of her identity. And not just for Eve, but every woman known to man after Eve and every mother that there ever is and was. Compound that helping factor. Has she helped you as a spouse, guys? Now she bore your kids. And so you better believe she has a say on how things are going to go, right? Because she wants to help is who she is. So guys, we need to get better at that. Your wife has a voice. She has an authority. She's equal with you. You're called to lead the family, but she has a voice. So let's honor her. Look, look how Adam honored Eve. You know, God gave Adam the authority to name what he created. And so look at verse 20. It says, and Adam called his wife's name. This is after God created Eve from Adam's rib, right? Named his wife's name Eve because she was the mother. There's that word. I like that word. Underline that word. If you're following along in your Bible, we're talking about Mother's Day, right? She was the mother of all living. Ever since Eve, every single person was born because of the sacrifice and the love of a mom. You're sitting here today because your mom sacrificed her body to bore you. Some moms sacrificed their plans, their educational plans, their dreams maybe, their jobs maybe. They sacrificed to birth you, to push you into this place. Amen, I'm thankful my mom said yes so that Ian have a chance. Amen? Let's look at that second type of mother we're going to look at. We're going to talk about Sarah here real quick. So she represents the promised mother. Sarah is the wife of Abraham. She reminds us that God's timing is perfect. Y'all say that word with me? Perfect. 
And nothing is too hard for God. God keeps his promises. A word to the wise. God's timing is always perfect. Has anybody ever had a prayer that in hindsight, now you're thankful God did not answer? Amen. Amen. I got some amens over here. I'm going to to preach at this side of the room. (laughs) Amen. Because if you are thankful that God has some prayers that he didn't answer that you're thankful for now, you understand that God's timing, right? Can I get an amen? Amen. Is perfect. See, because we got to be careful as a church, a modern day church. I feel like we've turned Christianity into like this fast food revival, right? Like God spoke. I heard God say, I heard the promise of God. I heard uh, that God makes the impossible possible. Hey, and he does. But I want to take that and and I want that to to, to manifest now, right? Do you know God's yes does not mean now. And to live by faith, you got to be cool with that. He's not saying no, he's just saying not now. And as we get ready to read the story of Abraham and Sarah, it's so cool because God changed Abraham's name. His name was Abram, and he changed to Abraham, the father of many nations. Did you know he also changed Sarah's name? Her name was Sarai. He named her to Sarah because she was going to also be the mother of many nations, he says. But you got to know that when they conceived Isaac, that Abraham was 100 years old. Somebody said, yeah. <laughs> if, if that don't blow your mind, you got to know that Sarah was 90. You got to know that God's timing is perfect. Are you willing to wait for God's blessing for 90 years? It could take that long. But don't lose hope. Don't lose sight. Because nothing is impossible with God. Hey, and if you're waiting, if God could allow Abraham and Sarah to conceive at 190, why can't that thing be conceived today? You got to be, by faith, be willing to receive the promise first. You have to believe in the promise first, and then God can move, right? So let's read it. Look at Genesis. We're going to give you the Reader's Digest version, so to speak. Chapter 17, verse 15. They're 19 there. So, so God said to Abraham regarding Sarai, your wife, her name will no longer be Sarai, for her name will now be Sarah. And I will bless her and give her son from her. Yes, I will bless her richly, and she will become the mother of many nations. Kings and nations will be among her descendants. Then Abraham bowed low to the ground, but he laughed to himself in disbelief. How could I become a father at the age of 100, he thought? And how could Sarah have a baby when she is 90 years old? So Abraham said to God, May Ishmael live under your special blessing. Can I stop for a second? In the waiting place, you are going to be tempted to try and help God do God's job. And if you're not careful, you'll end up like Abraham. And if you read the scriptures, you know what Abraham tried to do to help God. He heard the promise of God and the word of God that Sarai would bore him a son in which the nation of Israel would be blessed. But it didn't happen according to his timeline, Abraham's timeline. So he tried to help God by sleeping with Hagar. And out of that sin, the rebellion against God and his word, Ishmael was birthed. And if you know anything about Ishmael, you know that he became Israel's number one enemy because he birthed the the religion of Muslim. So if you are in a waiting place, stay faithful. Do not try and do God's job. 
If he spoke, stand on that word, trust that word, and allow God to do that word. Amen. Look at God's response. As I just shared with you, I feel like as Abraham was just responding to God, let's give that blessing to Ishmael. He's doubting God. God says firmly, no. Sarah, I spoke. Sarah, your wife, will give birth to a son. You will name him Isaac, and I will confirm my covenant with him. Right? My promise and plans are for you, her, and him, the mother of Sarah, with him to be the descendants and everlasting covenant. So this is what you got to know. If God said it, if he spoke, he'll perfect it. If God said it, that rhema word through the Holy Spirit to you, he will perform it. His word cannot come back void. If he said it, he'll perfect it. If he said it, he'll perform it. Remind yourself on the daily, God spoke it, God will perform it. Amen. God, what is God but if he's not a liar? Who believes God lies? I hope that's no one. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said, I am the truth over 77 times in the New Testament. God does not lie. Amen. So never give up in the waiting place. And as I was praying this week and thinking about mothers and how blessed we are as a family, I feel like me and Jessica, we have a, we have a lot of friends that are struggling to conceive a baby. And I can't even stand up here at this altar and tell you that I have any idea of how they actually feel or what they're really going for, but I do know that it breaks my heart and Pastor Jessica's heart, because how can we be blessed and have, we got, if you didn't know, we have another one in the oven that was announced a couple weeks ago, so and I'm still trying to wrap my mind around that. And then you pray for people that you love and you anoint people that you love and you believe and you, you join in and you come alongside and it's like they, they begin to have hope and then, and then nothing happens and time goes on and then they have hope again and then nothing happens and uh, you can just sense that each time it's like the enemy is just chopping away right at their hope, just chopping away at their doubt, chopping away at the emotions and the feelings of, is this ever going to happen? And I just say all that to say is if Abraham at 100 and Sarah at 90 can conceive, why can't God do that for you today? He can. It has to start with belief and then let God do his job. Amen? So never give up and never lose hope. Let's look at that next mother we're going to look at, Leah. We're going to read her account in Genesis. She represents the forgotten mother. And so Leah was one of, as we were going to read, she was one of Jacob's wives. He really had eyes after Rachel, her older sister. So Leah really kind of, you want to talk about being forgotten. She, was, she probably felt so unworthy and just un, unthanked about everything that, that she did as, as a wife and as a, as a mother. So she reminds us that God's love can reach us and transform our lives. And even when the world rejects us, God accepts us and offers us hope. And so, you know, the word of God has, has a depthness to it. There's, there's levels and layers to God's word. And I've read this account in Genesis many times. And we oftentimes read God's word really with who we are, where we're at spiritually, maybe what season we're in. And as I, I read this, I always kind of connected to Jacob because I feel like Laban, the, the man who Jacob works for to receive his wife, 
really kind of uses him, and he really kind of screws Jacob over. And I used to make him mad, like, man, you're screwing my boy up, right? But this week, as I was studying and praying, the Lord showed me a whole different perspective and the perspective of Leah. And probably a lot of women read this and probably connect to her. Imagine that. And I love Mother's Day, y'all, but it, I feel kind of like an imposter as a pastor a little bit because I have to preach from a woman's perspective. And guess what? I ain't a woman. And so I have to speak for women with not fully knowing what they think or how they really feel. But I feel like the Holy Spirit really just drove that home to me this week that Leah, she was forgotten. Then the Lord showed me, you know, the enemy, he's busy. He's busy, busy, busy. Y'all say that with me, busy, 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 busy. He hates you. He hates Jesus. He hates the good things God wants to give you. So the enemy attacks men and women in a lot of ways the same, but also specifically unique to our gender. I feel like he attacks men a lot of time in our authority and who God calls us to be. And he attacks our identity and are we a really man? Are we really a man enough? Am I a man yet? Did I make it yet? I'm trying to compare myself to my dad and his works and what he did. You know, am I enough? And the enemy attacks us in that way. But I feel like the enemy shifts his gears a little bit when he attacks women. And he wants you women and you mothers especially to feel forgotten. All the stuff that you do while your husband's away at work taking care of the kids, diaper after diaper, all the dishes, all the laundry. Then you make dinner. No one says thank you. Put the kids to bed. You get in bed. No one says thank you. Then repeat one, right? Day after day after day. And what does the enemy do? He sets up camp. What God meant to use for good and to join together. Now you feel forgotten. When you were married and it was just you and your husband, he pursued you and he loved you and he made you feel special and cherished. And now y'all have three, three and a half, four kids and you feel like he doesn't pursue you anymore. It's because you have three and a half, four kids. And it's not that he doesn't love you and it's not that he's not attracted to you. It's just the season you're in and the enemy wants you to feel forgotten. I want you to know today you're not forgotten. God sees you, and God calls you favored. I want you to look at the favor that Leah experiences. And I, I, I feel like a shadow without a doubt, that's how she felt, because she knew Jacob didn't want her. He wanted her sister. So let's read this together. Look at verse 20. We're going to go right through. There's about six verses. Kind of going to pluck them out of order a little bit. But let's read 20 and 21 first. So Jacob worked seven years to pay for Rachel, but his love for her was so strong that it seemed to him but a few days. Talk about love. He worked for this woman for seven years and it felt like a breeze, it says. He was in love. Finally, the time came for him to marry her. I have fulfilled my agreement. Jacob said to Laban, now give me my wife so I can sleep with her. Verse 23, but that night when it was dark, Laban took Leah, not Rachel, to Jacob and slept with her. Verse 25, but when Jacob spoke in the morning or woke up in the morning, excuse me, it was Leah. What have you done to me, Jacob bragged to Laban? I worked seven years for Rachel. Why have you tricked me? Verse 28. So Jacob agreed to work seven more years. A week after Jacob had married Leah, Laban gave him Rachel too. Verse 30. So Jacob slept with Rachel too, and he loved her much more. I want to stop there for a second. I know that has to hurt. Maybe, ladies, you feel like he loves his work much more 
For ladies, maybe you feel like he loves those kids much more. For ladies, maybe you feel like he loves his hobby, golf, or softball, or whatever it is, much more. Watching the baseball, football game, much more. She was hurt. She was wounded. So he loved her much more than Leah. He stayed and worked for Laban for an additional seven years. In verse 31, look at this. Look at the favor of God. When the Lord saw that Leah was in love, when the Lord saw that she was wounded, when she was hurt, he opened her womb. He blessed her with more babies than Rachel ever had. He, he blessed her with favor and grace and the blessings of God. You've all heard me say this a million times, right? Favor ain't. Someone paid attention. One person. What was it? Fair. Favor. Thank you for that one person. Favor ain't fair. When you have the favor of God, there's nothing that the world can throw at you. You can get the job quicker than any other candidate because of God's favor. You can go farther and, and accomplish more things if you're doing it God's way than anybody else in the world that thinks they have shortcuts because you have favor. And favor, if you have it, ain't fair. And ladies, mothers, if you feel forgotten, lost, uncherished, you, if it hurts you, it hurts God, you have his favor, and that favor to other candidates, other people, it's not fair. God calls you special. He calls you his. Amen? Let's look at that next mother out of the Bible. We're going to look at Jacobed. Who knows who Jacobed is? One hand. Praise God. We're all going to learn something. Jacobed was Moses' mother, right? She represents that sacrificial motherhood, that sacrificial mother love what she had to do to release her baby right, into the, the water, into the river. Right? Well, look at that point. It says that she teaches us that we can trust God and take care of, trust Him, take care of our children and the people we love even when we can't. I can't imagine the faith and trust that it took for her to put her little baby, three months old, Moses, in a basket down the Nile River. I believe there's something for us to learn is when we've done all that we humanly know possibly to do, that's a lot of sacrifice and being a parent and, and caring for your kids. You have to trust God and all that. But when you've done all that you've known to do, you, it doesn't change. You still have to trust God. And God favored her and God honored her. And she didn't even know all the plans that God had for Moses. She recognized he was Moses was special, but she had no idea that God was going to use him to deliver the nation of Israel, to write the first five books of the Bible, to walk and talk and fellowship with the living God, to come up with the Ten Commandments, all those things. And so she had to trust God. And I think as parents, it's one of the hardest things we all have to deal with. Whether your kids are currently living at home, or if you're currently raising teenagers, God bless you. Or if you're an empty nester, we all come to the revelation that one day I'm going to have to release these kids that I love and care about so much, where? Out there. And so if you are fortunate enough to still be raising your kids, I want to ask you this question. Are you doing everything that you can possibly do to raise them in truth. Because if you don't do it now, 
when you release them, they're probably not going to stand. And let me take it a step farther. Do not depend and rely on Liberty Church to do all that for you. <laughs> We're thankful to take care of your kids and watch them on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. But if that is the only hour they get every single week about hearing about Jesus, and you're not talking about Jesus at all in the confines of your own home, they are not going to stand. Don't depend on the church to do your job as a parent. Now, we'll do everything we can, but the church is designed to come alongside you as a mother, you as a father. It says, train up the child in the way he or she should go. That's your job, and they will not depart from it. God has a plan, and he wants us to trust him, our kids, with that plan, and that plan is using the word of God to train them in truth. Let's read Exodus Chapter 2, we're going to give you 10 verses. Talk about Jacobet as she is trying to keep Moses alive. She sacrifices, think of this, she sacrifices all the mother moments. She's going to miss out on raising him, nursing him, all the moments of a mother. And she loves him so much, she wants to give him a chance because Pharaoh decreed that all the Israelite babies be murdered. She sacrifices her mother, her position as mother, to save his life. And that, so this is where we find her. So at that time, a man and woman from the tribe of Levi got married. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she, kept a basket, she got a basket made of pepperous reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. The baby's sister then stood at a distance watching to see what would happen to him. Soon Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river, and her attendants walked along the riverbank. When the princess saw the basket among the reeds, she sent her maid to get for her. When the princess opened it, she saw the baby. The little boy was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This must be one of the Hebrew children, she said. Then the baby's sister approached the princess. Should I go and find one of the Hebrew women and nurse the baby for you? She asked. Yes, please do, the princess said. So the girl went and called the baby's mother. Take this baby and nurse him for me, the princess told the baby's mother. I will pay you for your help. So the woman took her baby home and nursed him. Later, when the boy was older, his mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter, who adopted him as her own son. The princess named him Moses, for she explained, I lifted him out of the water. We can all learn from the trust that it, it took for Jacobed to sacrifice her position as mother for the life of her son. And when we can trust blindly, I'm talking blind faith, if you've done all that you know to do, you've raised your kids in truth, and then the day comes you have to release them into the world, release them into their job at school. If you've done all you've done and you can trust God, believe me, God will protect our children. Amen? God will protect that thing that you love and that thing that you care about. Look at that next point. We're going to look at Naomi. Who knows who Naomi is? We're going to read the story out of Ruth. So she represents the spiritual mother. Not actually, she was not actually the mother of Ruth. She was Ruth's mother-in-law, but she became her spiritual mother. And so, so look at this, the importance of being a spiritual mother. It teaches us 
There is more than one way to be a mother. A barren womb or a tragic loss doesn't eliminate you from motherhood. Spiritual mothers fill the gap, fill the gaps and raise the next generation. There are, there are hurting, broken people all over the world lost. Not every person had a good mom. Those of us that had a good mom, are we thankful? Yes. So knowing and recognizing that, if you have a testimony for Christ, your relationship with God, you're a godly mother, you're a godly parent, you're a godly woman, God wants to use you and impart that wisdom and what God has done in you to bring up the next generation, to help somebody in need. And that's really the story, if you break it down, in Ruth between Naomi and Ruth, I believe God really used both of them for each other's good. As we're going to read, you're going to see that Naomi, she had two sons. They both got married. And then in 10 years, they died, her sons. And then she was left with two daughters-in-law. The one leaves, but Ruth stays faithful. And so I really believe God used Ruth to give Naomi purpose because Naomi was well off in age. She lost her sons. And in biblical times, the lowest of the lowest of the lowest, socially speaking, so to speak, was a single woman. Because you didn't have any rights. You didn't have a husband. You didn't have any sons or, or, or uh, boys to do the work, do the farm, raise, raise everything. And so this is where she, she finds herself. And God wants to use her to give her purpose and then for Ruth, God wants to use Naomi to impart wisdom and truth and to help her. As if you read the rest of the story, you know that Ruth eventually ends up marrying Boaz. And she ends up marrying, gets remarried to Boaz because Naomi really had the wisdom to make, excuse me, make Ruth stand out as she was working in the field. And Boaz saw her, recognized her. And I did some studying, and did you know that Ruth is actually King David's great-great-grandmother? And so, oftentimes, I feel like when we read God's Word, we, we see people of faith, men and women of faith, and we hold them to this high esteem because their name's King David, or their name's Ruth. And I want you to see that Ruth was favored by God, not because her name was Ruth. Ruth was favored by God because she obeyed God. Amen. And I, I share all the time, I feel like I'm, I, I'm doing, I'm in somebody else's shoes <laughs> oftentimes. I feel like, I wonder how many guys forfeited the role of maybe marrying Jessica one day or being the pastor at this church. I wonder how many, how many guys got right up to the point and then they failed. They chose sin over God. And you got to know that as long as you're faithful, God will use you. But as soon as you choose your own path, God will find somebody else. As we just talked about David, the Ruth being his great-great-grandmother, he became the favored king of Israel, but you know who was before him? Who knows? King Saul. And guess what? It says he was equally anointed and favored to be the king of Israel. But what did he do? He chose a sin and jealousy in his own ways over God's ways. And God found somebody else. That was for free. If you want God to use you, stay faithful. Because there's somebody waiting in the wings. Let's, let's read Ruth 1, 3 through 5. 
And then we'll skip down to verses 14 through 16, staying in chapter 1 there. So Emelach, that's Naomi's husband. He died. Naomi was left with her two sons. The two sons married Moabite woman. One married a woman named Oprah. The other named, uh, named Ruth. But about 10 years later, both Malon and Kelon died. This left Naomi alone without her two sons or her husband. Verse 14. And again they wept together, and Oprah kissed her mother-in-law and said goodbye. But Ruth clung tightly to Naomi. Look, Naomi said to her, your, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and their gods. So her sons married Moabite women, not, not, peop, not Israel, uh, Israelites. And so look how Ruth responds. She says, but Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. In that moment, God used Naomi to be Ruth's spiritual mother. As I shared, there's hurting, broken people. There are people. We all need God. We all need a spiritual father. And somebody is out there needing to be, needing a spiritual mother. So if you're a mother, maybe you're an empty nester, you're, you're feeling like, what's my next step? What's, what's God have for me? God's not done with you yet. God wants to use you. And how does he use you? He sends people into your life. There may be a Ruth. God has sent you. God wants you to literally adopt her. Spiritual mothers love other people as, just as they would love their own children. And that's exactly what Naomi did. She loved and raised Ruth as her own. And even helped her marry another man. That was her daughter-in-law. Helped him, helped her, excuse me, marry another man. That's real love. Right? That, that, that's real stewardship of her and her soul and wanting the best that God had for her. Right? So that's what spiritual mothers do. Man, let's look at that last one for today. Leave the best for last. Mary. The, the mother of our Savior. The mother of the living God. The mother of Jesus, right? She, she represents and teaches us how by faith and obedience we can receive the word of God and deliver the word of God to the world. We're going to read her story in a moment in Luke. And I'm just always blown away, really, at, at, at the response of Mary as she, the angel Gabriel appears to her and delivers this news, this word, that she is, she's never had relations with another man. She's a virgin. And the angel, the Holy Spirit, is saying, you're going to conceive a baby. That's a miracle in itself, but not just any baby, like the Son of God. Amen. Talk about some pressure. And she just handles it like a champ, right? Imagine that. God probably picked her favor to her. She has, she has a couple little questions as we see, but I just love her response. Immediately she receives the word. Before she could deliver the word, nine months later, she first had to receive the word. Come on, that's good preaching. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Before she could deliver the word, she first had to receive the word. Literally and spiritually, in John 1.1, the apostle John, the, the, the disciple that Jesus loved the most, said that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and He came and dwelt among flesh, men. Mary had to first, before she could deliver the Word, she had to receive the Word of the angel. You are going to bore a son, the Son of God. 
upon receiving the word, then she received the word, guys. The son of God, the living, breathing, walking word. And so I want to encourage you today. I know we're talking about moms. Maybe you got a decision to make. Maybe the Holy Spirit has spoke. Maybe you, you're in a season, a tough season. Maybe you're in a good season. You got a decision to make. If God has spoke, we said if God said it, he'll perfect it. Before you can deliver, before you can do it, you have to first receive it. Holy Spirit, help me teach this. Before you can do what God has called you to do, you have to first believe. Come on, somebody. You have to believe that God can do it. So we can learn from Mary. And God wants us to, to deliver what God has promised. And God has promised you amazing things. Each and every one of us are in different places, seasons, right? God's promise is still the same. Blessed, favored, comforted, equipped, fill in the blank. And so we can go and do it if we can first believe so do you believe today? Look at Luke 1, 26 through 35. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancies, God sent angel Gabriel to Nazareth in a village of Galilee to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man, Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid. Mary, the angel, told her. For you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby will be born holy, and he will be called the Son of God. Skip down to verse 37. This is what I love. This is what you got to get in your spirit. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Amen. What is she doing? She's receiving the word so that later, somebody say later, later. she can deliver the word. Amen. Then Mary said, behold, I love this, the maid servant of the Lord. I am yours. Do with me as you see fit. When's the last time you prayed, God, I'm a maid servant to the Lord. Man, maybe just say I'm a servant. I'm a servant. Nevertheless, my will, God, but your will. That's what she's saying. And look what she says. Let it be. Y'all say it with me. Let it be. Let's say it again. Let it be, she says, to me according to your word, the message, and the angel departed from her. Guys, what if your response in the test, your response in the hurt, your response in the doubt, your response in the waiting was let it be. Lord, there's a song from a Disney movie, and I am not even trying to push Disney movies or anything, but it's a, it's a movie called Frozen. And it goes a little like, let it go, let it, let it go. I'm maybe going to change the lyrics 
to, you know what? Let it be. Let it be. Let it be. Right? And that sounds cheesy and corny, and I know, but watch, this week you're going to be like driving down the road doing something, going through a test, going through a trial. No, I'm not speaking death over you, right? But you're going to be like, you know what? I'm going to have peace today in Jesus' name. Pastor Ian said I can sing corny and cheesy as I want. Let it be. And guess what's going to happen? The peace of God is going to fall because you've surrendered to his will, not yours. And God wants you to receive that word over your life, what it is he wants you to do in this season, where it is he wants you to go in this season, what he wants you to say in this season, and if you can have the faith as Mary, the, the mother-like faith that says, you know what, I'm your servant. Let it be according to your word, your will, your ways, and your promise, and guess what, you get his favor. Sound good to anybody? favor. Amen. Amen. God, we receive your favor. God, we come to you and we pray together as we get ready to close and dismiss. God, I pray that everyone gathered here today in the sanctuary, maybe even joining us, watching us online, that they would feel your literal favor. Some of us have different things we're going through. Your favor's unmatched. It's the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. So I pray that you would fill us to the brim with your favor and grace to sustain us through the waiting place. That we would have the faith to keep going and keep running and keep believing and keep doing for you, God. I pray over our mothers one last time that they would know they're not forgotten, that they are seen. that can, they can be comforted. They feel alone today by your spirit. Right now, I pray that you would comfort them. Build them up to do what you've called them to do. As we get ready to close, you ought to bow your heads and keep your eyes closed. If anything I said today, I know we're talking about mothers, Lord is dealing with your heart. And you say, Pastor Ian, I, I don't even know if I'm in a daily relationship with God. If you don't know, you, the answer is probably no. And it's as simple as looking at it like this. Does God have a say in your life? Does he have a say in what you do, what you don't do, where you go, where you don't go? Does he have a say in what you say and what you don't say? If he does, then you're, you're born again. You're a believer in the house of God. You're a believer in the sight of God. Jesus Christ is your Lord. He's your Savior. But if you're here today and you're just, you know what? You're your own God. You've made you God. And if the Holy Spirit's dealing with your heart and you say, you know what? I'm done with this. I need help. I'm done feeling miserable. I'm done feeling angry. I'm done feeling depressed and jealous all the time. I, I need help, God. I need, I need you today. I, Jesus, I, I want to pray to accept everything that you have for me. If that's you today, I got good news. You can change your life right now. It'll be the beginning stage is the beginning part of your redemption and your born-again story. So if that's you, you want to pray to accept Jesus, I want you just to lift your hand up real high or stand up. One of the two, I want you to stand up in the sanctuary. Don't, don't worry, no one's looking at you. Or lift your hand up real high and say, hey, God's dealing with my heart. Praise God. There's somebody raising their hand. Keep it up just for a second. Keep it up just for a second. Praise God. If you're watching us online, put something in the chat. Say, hey, I'm making this prayer. I want, I want to pray to accept Jesus. Let us know. 
Man, you may lower those hands. Thank you. I want to lead us on a prayer. Let's repeat it together loud and proud. It's going to go like this on Mother's Day today. Heavenly Father, God, we love you. We trust you. We accept your son, Jesus. We believe he's the son of God. And now I confess that he is Lord of my life. Please forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my past. And send your Holy Spirit to redeem my future. Until you call me home. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Some salvations, transformations in the house today. Who's glad you came to church today? Man, we're glad you came too. I hope you had an awesome Mother's Day and we're not done yet. Before we dismiss, we're going to do our giveaway. So we got three giveaways. If you're a lady, a mother, go ahead and pull your raffle tickets out. These must be the winners, Corey. You the man. You the man with the plan. So we're, we got kind of three tiers of giveaways. So I guess we'll do the small one first. And so this first one is a $20 gift card to Chicken Salad Chick. All ladies go, ooh. Guys, I actually, I, chicken salad chick's pretty good. Yeah. Don't steal my man card from me. But uh, so we're going to bless one lovely lady today with that $20 gift card. Maybe you can go there for lunch today. It's not that far, just in common. So I'm going to read the last four letters. We got 2873. There we go. Congratulations. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you. Hope you enjoy it. Thank you very much. So awesome. Rob, I need a drum roll. Going to give our second tier. Oh, everybody chipping in. Y'all sound good. This one here is it's an ARAB, but it's a $50 gift certificate to a new store. Some ladies in a, at the ARAB campus just launched. It's called Wonder Wellness. They do all sorts of awesome stuff, massages and uh, some, some holistic type things. It's, it's um, valid for $50 worth of services. And so this is going to be an awesome giveaway too. So the last four is, for this one's 2862. Do what? Tina Waldex? Oh, that's well-deserved watching the kids every week. <laughs> so I'll give that to her. And this last one, it has, I believe, another $20, another $20 chicken salad chick card. And a $30 nail salon card. And I'm not sure where the nail... Is Aunt Teresa in here? Did she leave already? Um, there's a nail salon card, and I believe for $30. I'm not sure where it's at. might be in common somewhere. Whoop. But so, let's look here. Last four, 28, 68. There we go, Miss Tanya. Yeah. Love you. Well-deserved woman. Thank you Thank so much. You. God bless you. Well, that's it, guys. So thank you for coming. We hope you enjoy your, what? Ties? We can take it. I'll take it. Uh, Y'all are dismissed. We hope you enjoy your uh, Mother's Day. Have a good, safe, happy Mother's Day.